Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So get that. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and in everything he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That's Psalm 1. So what I'm going to do is try to encourage you to memorize Scripture and to teach your students to memorize Scripture. That's all I want to do. I want to motivate you to memorize Scripture. Um, Let me pray once more. Father in heaven, I don't have any manuscript here like I did last night. I have half a page of, of headings that are in my heart, and I don't know the words you're going to bring to my mind, but I ask that they would be really prophetically pointed for these hearts. You know the attitudes towards the Bible across this room. Some are very bored when they go to the Bible and see nothing beautiful. They're not stirred, and that makes them sad. And others love your word, but they don't have much discipline to to memorize it. It seems like something they just can't do. And others are totally into it. And Lord, if you would be pleased to take these few minutes we have together and grow that affection for the word of God and increase the simplicity of discipline for the sake of memorizing it, and then multiply its usefulness, that would be worth this effort. So come and do that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So here are those headings that, if we have time, I'll try to say a word under under each one. They all start with C. um, Conformity to Christ. Memorizing Scripture for the sake of conformity to Christ. Second one, comfort for yourself and for other people. The third one, conflict with sin. The fourth one, communicating the gospel. And the fifth one, um, communion with God. So those are five ways or reasons that I am committed at age 65 where it does not come easily to continually memorizing scripture. I'm working on the Sermon on the Mount right now. I've gone through it once, but holding things in this head doesn't work so easily anymore. But um, the first one is conformity to Christ. How do you become like Jesus? The answer of 2 Corinthians 3.18 goes like this. Beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being changed from one degree of glory to the next. That's how it happens. You become what you behold steadfastly. 
Just day, morning and night, morning and night, all day long, beholding, beholding. If you stare at something long enough, if you look at it long enough, you tend to conform to it. And if you stare at the glory of the Lord. So the question is, where are you going to do that? And the answer is the book. You see him here. So you, you pick out some passages of Scripture that seem to capture Christ. Here's another verse to point in this direction. First um, Samuel chapter 3, verse 21 says, The Lord appeared to Samuel at Shiloh through the word of the Lord. When I read that several years ago, it just struck me like he appeared. Like, okay, must have seen something then. And then it says, through the word of the Lord. He didn't, they didn't see anything. He heard something. You see with your ears. You see with your ears. Beholding the glory of the Lord happens with your ears. Through the word of God, God is revealed. So, here's, here's one. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove mountains and have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all that I have and deliver my body to be burned and have not love, you're like, how can that be? I've just given my body to be burned. Yes, if I deliver my body to be burned and have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices together in the truth, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For now we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the, when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now we see in a mirror dimly, then face to face. Now we know in part, then we will know fully even as we are fully known. Now abide these three, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now why did I memorize that years ago? Because it seemed to me that it was one of the most beautiful pictures of Christ that I could find. And I need to see Jesus. I could take that whole chapter mainly as do, do, do this, do this. And, and, I, and I should. 
but, but what's the way to the do? How do you get to the do? I'm asking about conformity. I'm still on point one. Conformity to Jesus. How do you get conformed? How do you do that? Mainly by seeing. I mean, when you, when you look at it long enough, you say to that chapter, that's really beautiful. I really would like to be that. Where can I see that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there he is. So that's point number one. Conformity to Christ by seeing him. Where do you see him? In the word. How do you have the word there all the time? Memorize some choice sections. Number two. Tell me what number two is because I'm going to forget these. Comfort, thank you. Um, Okay. I've been in the pastorate for 31 years in one church and I remember like it was yesterday, this awful moment my first year when I got a call from Rollin Erickson, the statesman of our church whose wife had just had cardiac arrest. They were at North Memorial Hospital. He wasn't sure whether she was going to make it. Could I come? Yes, I'm a new pastor. My first year, 34 years old, jump in the car, head off, halfway there, realize I didn't bring my Bible. Okay, that's all right, I hope. And I I walked into the room. Here's the whole family. must have been 15 people in the little waiting room. And Rollin gives me a big hug, weeps on my shoulder when she's in surgery. And uh, and he he puts me back and says, give us a word, John. (laughs) And my mind, I'm 34. I know lots of Bible, don't I? My mind went blank. And I, I don't remember what I did. I think I said, let's pray. And I just mumbled some kind of paraphrasy Bible. I just, it was awful for me. I mean, they felt okay about it, but it was awful for me. Here's what I did. When I was done praying, loving the best I could, she made it, by the way, um, I went home and I got down. I have a little nook in my study set aside for prayer, a little prayer bench I built. I got down on my knees and I said to the Lord, that will never happen again, ever. And it hasn't in 31 years. And here's what I did to keep it from happening. I memorized one psalm that would always be there. So here it is. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. He will help her right early. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of the hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has wrought desolations to the ends of the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'm exalted among the nations. I'm exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our our refuge. I memorized that in 1981, and I've never, ever not had it available. 
So I come into a car wreck. I come into a hospital room. I come into a moment of crisis. It always is relevant. Always is relevant. Now, I've got lots of other, you know, arrows in my quiver as well, but, but that one I just keep, keep front and center because it is so precious. God is a refuge. God is a refuge. When, he's, when he looked at me and he said, give us a word, that's all he meant. Tell me right now God is a refuge. Just tell me, Pastor. Just tell me what I already know. That's what, that's what leaders do. They, they tell Bible people what they already know. It's like Second Peter said, I'm, I'm writing this by way of reminder because I know that I'm going to die soon. He said, when you've been a Christian a long time, you don't need a lot of new information. You just need to tell me what I know. Tell me with conviction. Tell me straight out with the words of God and it'll have so much power. So that's number two. Uh, comforting yourself and comforting others. And before I leave it, um, I do want you to memorize Romans 8. If, if you haven't memorized the great eight, and most of you haven't, I'm sure, so don't, don't feel too guilty. Just you got plenty of time, plenty of time. Just get going on Romans 8. It's 39 verses. You've like, oh, I've never memorized anything so long. Good night. Take 10 years if you have to. Just do it. Do it. It doesn't get any greater than the great eight. And especially, let me just pick it up and show you. I mean, what situation of crisis would you not be able to say, who shall separate? I'm picking it up in verse 34 or 5. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, we're being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's hardly any place where you won't bless somebody with that. Bless somebody. Just Romans 8 is, is the whole Bible. It's just glorious. So do that. So uh, tell me number three. Conflict with sin. Romans 8.13 is really crucial here. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body. That means sinful deeds. So by the Spirit, by the Spirit put to death, by the Spirit. How, how does that work? What is, that's strange. Like the Spirit is something in my hand. I can I stick you with it. I mean, stick sin with it. Like, you're dead. <laughs> well, yes, and you know the key, don't you? Because there's one offensive weapon in the armor of Ephesians 6. What is it? The sword. And what's the sword? The Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So when it says put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, like you're going to go, how can I get a hold of him? Well, you can't. He gets a hold of you. But what you get a hold of is his Word. So you stick sin. You stick sin with the word. Now here's, here's the way I do it. I mean, probably most of you are thinking right now, lust. He's going to talk about lust. Well, yeah, 
I'm not, but that, that do, it does work, and we should fight sexual sin this way. Stick it with the sword of the Spirit. I'm thinking like the sin of fear. Like I'm going to stand up here without a manuscript? True. I always use a manuscript. I've never preached on Sunday morning in 31 years without a manuscript. When the page blew off last night, I, I looked down, where's my first page? Somebody had mercy on me. An angel just made my page appear. Never, never saw who that was. So here I am. Now, what's my sin at this moment? What's the temptation to sin? My temptation to sin is fear. Like you, if I mess up, quoting one of these verses, you're going to say, mm, this is so embarrassing. Like I, I'm got. I, I'm 65 and I still have these kinds of 15-year-old. <laughs> now, how do I, what do I do? What would you do? You're all going to go into situations like that. I have this little thing called APTAT, A-P-T-A-T. It's a little acronym. A, admit you can't do anything. John 15, 5, without me you can do nothing. P, pray for the help you need. Pray, ask, ask, ask and you receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. Matthew 7, 7. A-P-T, trust. This is the key one. Trust a particular promise. I mean, sometimes we say, you know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. And make your path straight, Proverbs 3, 5. But, 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 but you walk into a situation feeling fearful, feeling nervous, and, and kind of trying to trust, and you can't grab anything. It's just, it, trust seems vague. Like, what am I, is there, you know, am I in a halter? What am I trusting? On a wheelbarrow? What, on a, you know, trope? What? I find that trust goes hand in hand with a promise. I need a particular promise from God for this moment. And when I say it to myself, I believe that, I believe that, I trust that, I hold that. And you know, the, you need just a few, get a few of these in your head. My dad called me on the phone as I was getting on the plane to go to Germany in 1971 for three years, just full of anxieties. And I was in Radio City Music Hall in a phone booth. And he calls me from, I can, he was somewhere else in the United States, wasn't there. And he said, Johnny, Listen, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, son. God will do that for you. Isaiah 41.10, don't let it go. And I never have let it go. Three years, I was in graduate school trying to learn German, trying to do the classes, trying to do this stuff, and... And I must have said that verse to myself 500 times. And it has been my portion in moments of fear and anxiety so many times. It's our family goodbye verse. Send some kid off to college. Listen, Barnabas, fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll hold, uphold you with my right, righteous right hand. Go, son. Hold on. And Talitha, she heads off to a mission trip or something. Fear not, Talitha. 
Just get a few of those verses in order to um, fight the sin of anxiety. Okay, what's number four? What? Communicating the gospel. Don't need to tell you this probably. What, did I miss one? Oh, I didn't finish Aptat, thank you. Totally okay. Admit that you can do nothing, pray for, for help, trust a promise, act. So it looked like I'm walking up here and say, okay, I'm trusting a promise. Why don't you do this for me? He said, no, you, you go do it. <laughs> and I'm making the steps. I'm choosing the words. It's me. It's me. And yet it's supposed to, not me but him, right? That's what it's supposed to be. So how does, how does that happen? You do act. So text for that one, Philippians 2.12. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For God is the one who is at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. So you do have to act. You get up, you go, you prepare, you speak, you act. You must act. And then the last one, T, thank. Admit you can do nothing. Pray for help. Trust the promise. Act in the power that he supplies and thank him. First Thessalonians 5, 17. Thank you. Okay, now we're ready for number four. Communicate the gospel. And I'm, I'm shooting to be done here at quarter of because I have to leave and you have other things to do. Um, communicate the gospel. Now, I fear and you fear canned gospel sharing. Canned, like, uh, next point. Uh, there were four of these, weren't there? Or six. Now, as soon as, I, as soon as I give you that warning to try to empathize with all of your distaste for canned gospel sharing, now I'm going to back up and say, Buy a can. Get a can. Don't use it like a can. But get a can. Fill it up with the gospel. Know the gospel in some simple ways. Don't be so, you know, into books that you just, you're in the big theological problems all the time that you can't take a baby know-nothing seeker and say, could I just over lunch at Pizza Hut tell you what makes me tick and what's precious to me? And then you tell me what makes you tick. Just, and, and so I, for me, it's six laws, not four. And you can divvy them up any way you like. But, but here they are. I'll just tick them off real fast. God created me for his glory. Isaiah 43, 7, bring my sons and my daughters from afar, everyone whom I created for my glory, Isaiah 43, 7. So I'm, I'm talking to this person across the pizza table. God created you for his glory. He created you to make much of him. He created you to make him look great because he is infinitely glorious. Number two, law number two, principle, statement, whatever, number two, therefore, you should live for his glory. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, whether you eat pizza or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Number three, you don't. I don't. Nobody has ever lived consistently to make God look great. And you can tell stories from your life and his life how crummy we are. And we know we don't make God central. We've all failed. Romans 3, 23. The reason I start with glory, glory is because when you get to that real familiar Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fall short of. Now it's relevant. 
Like if you haven't brought glory in and you come there, what's this? Why did that show up as a part of what sin is? So that's, that's the reason I'm structuring my laws the way I am. God created us for his glory. We've all failed to live for his glory. Sin is a falling short of the glory of God. That's point number three. And number four is, therefore, we're all damned. Or pick your verse. Uh, Ephesians 2, 3 we were all, like the rest of mankind, children of wrath, Ephesians 2, 3. Five. Now, that's all bad news, um, but the good news makes absolutely no sense without something like those four. And, and the gospel core is 1 Timothy 1, 15. This is a true and faithful saying, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And you look right at him. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners like me and you. Now we're at the gospel moment. And then you pick out just one or two key, precious statements of what happened on the cross. You don't want to go to the faith thing yet. That's number six. You're still at number five. What did Jesus do? That's the gospel. What you have to do to get it is not first part of the gospel, it's response. The gospel is, what did Jesus do 2,000 years ago for you were ever born? And here's one of my favorites, Colossians 2, 13 to 15, and you who were dead in your trespasses, God made alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. I just love that. The record of my debts, I mean, you can just stand there, look at this person and say, you know how long the record of your debts is? If you rolled it up, you couldn't fit it in the door. It's just, it is so long. What are you going to do with that at the judgment day? He's going to unroll this thing. He's going to go on long. The record of our debts, it says right here in verse 14 of Colossians 2, he canceled it. How did he cancel it? Nailing it to the cross. Through whose hands? Yours? No. Jesus. And the last verse, 15, is he disarmed the, prince, he disarmed the rulers and authorities, making a public example of them, triumphing over them in the cross. So you, our arch enemy, the devil, who wants to destroy us, has been disarmed. The one thing with which he could damn us has been taken out of his hand, namely unforgiven sin. So get the gospel down. Um, and, then, and, then, and then the sixth one is uh, Acts, Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Or by grace are you saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So get the faith piece down really, really clear. So where are we? Number Number five, which is commune with God. Great place to stop, and I'm supposed to stop. So let me end by simply saying, find a few passages of Scripture that enable you when you're all alone just to enjoy God, just enjoy Him. So for me, that would be, and I'll close, I'll close with this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life 
from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the peoples of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. Now, right there, my my mind is going blank. He will not chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children. See, I'm, I'm just going through these really slow when I'm alone and just eating them. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Then I'll just stop right there. So get, get Psalm 103 or something like it down that's sweet to your taste. So Father, there's just a little effort to try to say to these friends, oh, how precious is the word of God for all of these reasons. So grant that they would go home now and set their face like flint to memorize Scripture. And then may they commend to their students, do this. It will not let you down. When you turn 65, you will be glad that you've spent the last 50 years accumulating this gold in your treasury. Bless the remainder of passion, now I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for letting me be with you. Thanks,